which probably explains all of the attention that has been directed at Alex Jones's recent interview with Tucker Carlson and the Vegas shooter, not Stephen Paddock, but the more recent Vegas shooter, 666 months later. Um, actually, it was 66 months and six, was it no six years and 66 days. Like it's so precise with these repeated shooting. So Vegas Strong had a another shooter, but this guy was specifically an Alex Jones fan. And I'm just pointing it out that it's interesting that Jones gets put back on X. He's referenced by a mass shooter as we reach the anniversary of the you-know-what shooting. Which is really, if you think about it, if you really know what's going on here, it's really just one of the biggest trees in the forest of lies. And this particular tree has been the cause of many people losing sight of the big picture. And Jones has been offered as a, a sacrifice, a canary in the coal mine. But in reality, all he did is he distracted the truth movement from the Psywar and had them focus on one individual PSYOP, which he flipped on at the end anyway. Entirely worthless. Walked everybody back 10 years. He set the truth community back well, those who still follow him, 13 or 14 years. Even further, if you look how many of them were reaching for an exit of the world stage. That's where I started. And they got led right to the voting booth. Mission accomplished. Joined from DLive by Cubstar Diana South, Frank Murr from YouTube, Dimitri 101, Zin Vallis, Celestial Wonders. Oh, by the way, we're on Rumble. We're also on Rumble now. If you want to listen or watch at Rumble, just go to ips.monster. I added it to the list of links, and I put it in the live stream notifications. Jungle Jim says, long jury day, going to be made right with a little deep programming. Yeah, exactly. We unplug from the 24-hour news cycle of emotional abuse, and that is what it is. If you're plugged in, tuned into the now, paying attention to the current thing, if you're crying about the current fill-in-the-blank blank event, whether it's terrorist or shooting, whatever, if you're actually attached to it and you're believing it and responding and listening to politicians before you've had time to assess the facts, then you've overreacted. In fact, I would say any reaction is overreaction. And when you really think about, like, if you really look at this objectively, if you go back in time, 9-11, 2001, 8.46 a.m., if you knew what you knew now, your response would be, to chill, relax, roll a spliff, drink something, uh, have a drink. You, you wouldn't be running around in a tizzy, uh, ducking for cover because of terrorists hijacking planes. But at that time, we didn't have that kind of insight, which left us vulnerable, and we had to respond. We had to react like everybody else, because we were uninformed and then misinformed. We are informed here. So you're not going to get any reaction out of us, no matter how many buildings you pull down, how many space needles you nuke, no matter how many psyops 
you drop in rapid succession, we're too objective at this point. This 10-7 thing really, I think, broke any confidence I had that they would ever up their game and become undebunkable. Because they brought around these hyper-realistic surgical training dolls that bleed and breathe. And then just dolls in general, rubber dolls. But no, we have not seen any improvements since we've become critics. Specifically the space program. Uh, they've, becoming, they've become worse over time. And I thought, maybe China's going to beat us with special effects. Nope. They're a step down. India, joke. The worst lunar rover selfie is from Israel, which it, it looks... It just looks so rudimentary. It, it hasn't aged well. The CGI doesn't age well. They should have stuck with more organic and... Or rather, they should have stuck with more physical effects and models instead of moving into pure CGI, which is just evolving too quickly. Peace Circle 360 over at Twitch. Thank you for joining. Cheesy Cool is here. Reverse History, the HBIC, Mango Penguins, Into the Beyond. Okay, we have a pretty good grip here. Yeah, follow the money. Who made money in Israel and Hamas, this, this conflict and this war? Well, right-wing pundits, left-wing pundits, the media, they make money in all this stuff, obviously, ad revenue. But whoever manufactures the simulation training dolls, they've been raking it in all year. In fact, many of those were sent to Ukraine. I'm like, that's weird. You're going out there to conduct, you know, a war. Why do you need simulated dead bodies? The HBIC says, closed captioning now available on Twitch. Will you make it available on your stream, Tim? Yes, I can actually go on over there right now to Twitch. And I can turn the volume off. And I can put that on the screen. And I think it would give us... Here we go. Live closed captioning. Someone sent me a link to an app that you, you add on to your Twitch. And so let me go ahead and turn that on. Pretty soon, I, I, we'll have everything up here upgraded and standardized. Today, we moved into rumble. Okay, I think I can make this work. I'm not sure if you're seeing it yet, but I'll, I'll have it, I'll have everything optimized. I'll put this in my notes. If I don't get it to work this second, I will get it to work uh, next time. Okay, here we go. Show CC text. There's just a little button there that you toggle. And I think any minute now, any minute now we should start seeing uh, closed captioning. Now, there's a few reasons why I want to use Rumble. Uh, YouTube's not reliable at all, obviously, as long-term storage. Twitch has taken us down. We were deleted from Twitch because of the Buffalo Shooter, who was radicalized on Discord. And as I said before, Discord was a honeypot. They made you think that you had a place where you could have your alternative thoughts, and uh, they just used that to infiltrate after they studied you, bring you down by setting up mass shootings targeting your groups. In fact, I used to spend a lot of time on Discord in chat, and I kind of miss that. I miss being able to sit around and, and talk and go into de detail about the stuff, but it's just the fact of it is, you go into a room in Discord and you're going to have a mix of people who are dropping information designed to get you censored, and it's hard to say it's not intentional. 
So for example, anybody still touting anti-vax talking points, all they're doing is they're condemning your channel. They're guaranteeing that you'll be censored. Uh, same thing with the neo-Nazi stuff. You know, you, we need better dog whistles, I suppose. But that's a Twitch thing. I mean, I'm sorry, that's a, a Discord thing. It doesn't happen on Gilded. Okay, I'll work on the closed captioning later. But you can go over to Penguinati at Twitch as another place to listen and watch, and that will give you the live stream closed captioning. Now, I do want to get back into the, the voice chat because um, the IPS Insider is going into production, and I am going to start needing to be able to converse with a lot of the people who are going to be involved in the distribution. Not to mention in IPR deep dives. This is kind of inside baseball stuff. We don't want to talk about live, but we have various areas of research and various ways of finding information. And we're working on a number of concurrent documentary type, uh, basically, or mini documentary stories, what I'm calling IPR deep dives. You know, we take the penguin as a symbol of the fringe because we are the cutting fringe. The furthermost edge, just keep going south, go as far as you can, eventually you'll reach the penguins. If anybody knows, it's them. Additionally, the emperor penguins are the deepest diving of all birds, which is sort of emblematic of our deep dives, what we have proposed for the future as far as the different stories that were going deeper than the usual troofers, who generally do everything remote. Remote mud flutters typify this trend. You can't do archaeology remotely. You have to be there. Various facets of the penguin, though, are worth bringing up, like the raft, obviously. Here we are floating in the sea of irrelevance. And if you weren't rafted together with a few dozen, a few hundred, but maybe a few dozen, maybe at a minimum, uh, people who are on the same sheet, you would be lost. Even though you know what's fake, what's real, you wouldn't have enough people aggregating information. We need this think tank if we're going to maintain our status as informed. I'm not relying on the misinformed for information anymore. I don't take any red pills. I don't follow any hopium trails. Yes, I watched Leave the World Behind. I reviewed it, and uh, we discussed it extensively, but there's always more to talk about. For example, the Matthew Perry stuff has been very interesting as of late, and Julia Roberts even said it was something of a coincidental tribute to him. And interestingly, they dated at one point, and her birthday is his death day. There's a few other things about it, though, that are definitely worth mentioning. The subtext of the 1619 White Lion, the, the 1619 Project, CRT versus MAGA, and 1776 is all implied. And, of course, just the fact that it's Obama has a lot of people deconstructing it, looking at it very suspect. And then there's another AG film that's called Civil War coming out in the spring that seems like a follow-up to Leave the World Behind. Leave the World Behind was very ham-fisted with its predictive programming and its messaging. Like they had Obey NASA, two t-shirts side-by-side. The other guy's wearing a Bikini Kill t-shirt, which we had inferred it's going to be something about nukes. And he's wearing the shirt, and one person says to him, or he says to someone, my son could sleep through an atom bomb while wearing that shirt. The movie was, you know, for anybody who's into 
predictive programming and looking at movies as examples of what they're foreshadowing, it's a perfect example. It's even clearer than white noise. And we were mocked for this. People like Mo Mike Rothschild were mocking, quote, conspiracy theorists for saying that this is predictive programming. And it's like, what do you mean? How can you mock this? The fact of it is, the movie comes out, and then we have reports of China infiltrating cyber infrastructure, hacking. The movie has a very prominent scene where all the Teslas, the automatic Teslas, block all the roads, block all the freeways. And I thought that was a jab at Musk. We talked about this. But then just yesterday, they put out these recalls for all of the Teslas having to do with the automatic drive features. And the whole point of it is, this happened just as the movie's reaching mass audiences. I wouldn't call that predictive programming, but I would, I would, what you would call that is um, a fake news tie-in to the programming. It, it, it's too integrated. But it's concurrent. It's real-time. And I can point to numerous examples of Netflix releases corresponding with news as though they're somehow prophets, psychic. How do they know? How do they know what's going to be on that day? And it's too perfect. And it's not just Netflix. It's movie releases. It's everything. Demetrio 101 says, Obama's appearance today mirrors his cartoon in My Pet Goat. Yeah, and we'll continue to look through Leave the World Behind. There's quite a lot more in, worth looking at within the whole thing. And I kind of suspect that the finger can be pointed at the white nationalist and that the Kevin Bacon character represents the prepper white nationalist domestic violent extremists who want this to happen. They're accelerationists is what you call them. And the accelerationists believe that, and this is the Turner Diaries too, what motivated McVeigh, is that they need to go ahead and bring about the end, bring about the apocalypse. And it's, it's all very much tied in with Waco, which radicalized McVeigh, which radicalized Alex Jones. And interestingly, the numbers are still... I don't want to get too far into it now, but if you remember, Waco was raided because of weapons violations, 1.6 million rounds. 1.6. Jones gets radicalized there. Jones is the face of 1.6, January 6th. And then Jones just gets reinstated on Twitter, and he goes from 850,000 followers to 1.6 million. I can point to many examples of how intricately coded all these stories are, which again indicates it's all news bent. It's all fake. It's all scripted and staged. Okay, let's continue through your comments. Skyfish says, really, Obama fulfilled the iPad goat scene? I want to take a look. And, and there's there's something else, too. His chef drowning, so the drowning thing is kind of a reoccurring theme here. Uh, Matthew Perry's story is from earlier, and there are just too many examples of his references to, to Batman. And, and the Batman movies are always integrated in the big psyops. Always. The biggest one of all, COVID. And Christopher Nolan did Oppenheimer. So the next big one, the next spectacle, because COVID was not a spectacle. Not unless you count people face-planting in Wuhan. But that was uh, very limited. It was nothing like 9-11. It didn't transfix people the way that did. And whatever they're, they're going to do 
with the simulated nuke, whether it's underwater and a tidal wave takes out Seattle, whatever they do, it's going to be a spectacle this time around. Dominic Spiato says, Enter the Stars did a decode on IPET Goat 2 this morning with Obozo. I'll check it out. I like Enter the Stars' channel. Alright, let's see what we have here in my notes. Now, the topic of predictive programming itself has become sort of mainstream. The top alt-right voices and influencers are all using it. Jack Posebeck, among others, are saying this is predictive programming, pointing at the movie. This happened with white noise and East Palestine, Ohio's train derailment. But the difference then, and maybe it'll be, it'll be the same here, but then it was not really productive. It didn't lead people to say, well, the news is fake. It led people to think it's an eerie coincidence or it was planned. So they were planning to derail the train. The built-in assumption is that the train actually derailed intentionally or not, that it was an accident, that there were dead fish, that fish died because of East Palestine. And people are like, you don't believe there were dead fish? I'm like, well, no. No, I mean, this, this was an environmental scare, toxic airborne event caused by Trump and deregulation because of greed. Ohio, the heart of it all, America had a heart attack because of its clogged arteries, clogged by what? Greed, deregulation, unsustainable free market, we're looking at an anti-capitalist narrative built into that whole story, how freedom is toxic, basically. But that example of predictive programming in a movie, a, a movie, you know, life imitates psyops, but it's like, even CNN noticed it, and they called it a coincidence. I'm like, well, when does it cease to be a coincidence? At what point... Can someone like Mike Rothschild recognize that he's full, he's foolish? That he's deliberately ignoring facts because it doesn't fit within his blinkered worldview? He's got his nose pressed up against the screen. He's, he's an MSM, mediated, massified mind. That's his frame of reference. So we can pile on example of predictive programming, concurrent programming, the lack of any meaningful boundary between entertainment and news, but the people who think news is news and entertainment is entertainment, they don't make the connection. They have been compartmentalized. They have walls up in their minds, and that's pretty much how this whole thing works. What we're doing with this off-world stage perspective is we are breaking down those walls and seeing it for what it is, analyzing it objectively. But what we're doing is potentially damaging to their mass mind control mechanism. That's what it looks like to me. Because you have this political horseshoe, which is designed to capture any free thinkers, any discerners, any person of conscience. It's meant to catch anybody who wakes up. And if they lean left, they go woke. If they lean right, they go red pill. But they don't escape. What we're doing these days, specifically this channel, but what is represented by other channels as well, you know, fakeologists and many other people calling stuff fake, it's a divergence from the red pill, from the political horseshoe. It's a breakaway, in a sense. And this breaking away recognizes that predictive programming is not there to tell us what's going to happen. It's not an indicator. Oh, you need to buy ammo. If anything, it means buy popcorn. 
the IP, so for, for example, someone had commented, predictive programming has now hit the mainstream, IPS was years ahead. And what I'm saying is that we're still ahead because the people who are now talking about predictive programming still have one foot in the matrix. They still see it as a prediction of something to come. And what I'm saying is it's merely conditioning for an incoming PSYOP. It's PSYOP reinforcement, not a foreshadowing of real events. So again, if you're reaching for ammunition and not popcorn, then they got you. They got you putting their internalized model over the real thing. You're, you're now subjective instead of objective. Your senses have been filtered through the screen, and that's where most people are. So when people are arguing from the other side of the screen, I, I just have to, these days, call it out. You know, are they death clingers? Body clutchers? Do they have fake blood on their hands? Are they carrying water for the MSM? Are they guard railing? And in most cases, they may not know that they're doing it. Going through some comments. Here we go. Uh, someone says, the 2011 tsunami on 311. Yeah, that was the Fukushima, the original 311. And I think it also had a, there's a, that tsunami was, I think they just call it 311. They actually, like we call what happened on 9-11, 9-11. Well, their 311 was a tsunami. Skyfish says it would be great to hear between you and Christopher Knowles. Have you heard of him? Yes, I've definitely read through a lot of his blogs. Let's see what else we have here. I'm going through your comments. Give me just a moment. Catch up. There's a lot of people piling in here. G33 says the park school thing. Yeah, it's look, we that was a big reveal. The the only thing you can really take out of it is that it let a lot of people see behind the scenes and it led to a lot of discoveries. Jim Fetzer tells the whole story. Alex Jones is a distraction agent who prevented people from seeing the big picture where they think, okay, well this one might be fake, but then Parkland was real. It's like, no, you don't get it. With Sandy Hook, we we're look we looked at it with a different frame of reference, and it wasn't merely uh, MK Ultra mind control. A different perspective on it. In other words, something like that, you could say categorically debunked all future similar events. It's as simple as that. It's a, it's a categorical debunking. I don't need to go event by event and question real or fake primarily. Now it's what's the political utility? What's the agenda? What's the subtext? And we've been consistently right in all of our breakdowns. Celestial Wonder says PSYOPs become real things, though. No, they don't. Or they haven't. I would say where is my question. Like some people say, well, you can't say that they're all fake. Well... If, if you're willing to take that position, devil's advocate, you're going to step on the other side of the screen and advocate for that. Give me an example. Give me an example of one of these highly publicized events that has any evidence supporting it. I mean, I'm not in denial of death and violence and mayhem. We have many examples we can point to. You can go on Twitter and you can watch people kill each other over nothing. But that's way different from what you see on the news with these politicized events that specifically point at AR-15s. Why? It's because it's part of a manipulative dialectic. 
guns versus needles. It's all mind control. They're never going to take your guns. That was always a hoax line. That was always a run for the hills panic button they would hit. Jones really started that, and it, they, they, they called it the turning point. You know the Turner Diaries? It's about the turning point. I mean, ultimately, it's about when the government comes to take the guns, that's when the patriots rise up. Well, interestingly, getting back to Jones, when he was on Piers Morgan, he had said that the government purchased 1.6, there's that number again, 1.6 billion hollow point rounds. And he said 1776 will commence again if they try to take the guns. This has been a reoccurring theme. The idea that they're going to take the guns, and if they do, everybody's going to become a slave because the Second Amendment in America is the final bulwark. It's a firewall against global tyranny. And this has been kind of a, a talking point from the Jones crowd for some time. My point of it is they're never going to because they need the fear. The fear is part of the infrastructure of this thing. All right, let's see what else we have here. Joe says, Tim, do you lean left or right? Well, what do you mean by that? Because I'll say this. I'm not making an equivalency between woke and red pill. Woke is lost. Woke is married to government. Woke is fascist. Woke is the epitome of control freak authoritarians who want to lean on governmental power and weaponize it against individuals. But the problem with the red pill is that it's still aimed at the world stage. It's not seeking truth. It's not seeking to escape the mind control. It's engaging in partisan mind control. The red pill is just somebody who has figured out the blue pill is crap, but instead of stepping out of their false model, they adopt the anti. And the red pill and woke dynamic is being played upon expertly, and I don't fall into either of these two. But what I will say is that unlike the woke, at least the red pill are going in the right direction before they get scooped up by all these controlled opposition agents. This is why I'm so critical of certain conspiracy theories that I know are planted there to catch all drifting minds that don't go woke but go red pill. Like the whole chemtrail thing. The reason I constantly bring that up is that that is an umbrella conspiracy that gets you into all of the government-approved limited hangouts. And it doesn't take you anywhere close to where we're going. You can't take red pills and end up where people are calling stuff fake, psyoped, written in advance, and deconstructing it at a metascript level. They won't go there. They have to play along. But I don't think I'm in the middle path either. And what I mean by that is um, the center, the middle, is on the fence, and it's nowhere near the exit points. I think you have to just keep going past the far right. Like, the, the right was going in the right direction. Not trusting big government, not trusting big media, looking at individual rights, individual liberty first, making that the basis for everything. But then they stopped because they got caught up in the drama versus the deep state and they fell behind God Emperor Trump and put their faith in government. They should have kept going. And that's what Q did. The, the Q movement scooped up a lot of people who were recognizing what it actually means that mass media is doing psyops on behalf of government. And instead of reaching the appropriate conclusion, many of them got scooped back in. We saw it happen. 
Flat Sabbath says politics is one big blue pill. Uh, absolutely. And I would add to that, with politics being a big blue pill, that the current trend, you know, blaming Jews for everything, is a right-wing red pill version of critical race theory, which blames whites for everything. So what we saw with Leave the World Behind was a perspective on America that you would have with the critical race theory, the 1619 Project point of view, which has America's original sin being racism, and even though most people aren't racist now, there's still some things that are institutionalized that need to be undone. So it's very critical, but the main devil is white, and that's on the left. So if you go far left, whites did everything. Whiteness is the ultimate problem. But if you go on the far, far right, it's Jews. So I call them critical Jew theorists. And what I'm saying is critical race theory and critical Jew theory, red pill and woke, they're both part of the mainstream media ecosystem. They're not leading in the direction of truth. They're, re they're leading in the direction of divisive politics, the whole thing of uh, the perpetual war, which was mentioned by George Orwell. And we're living in it. We're living in the perpetual war. And the people who take sides are dupes. Skyfish says, like Glenn Beck, AJ, Rogan, Shapiro, Tucker, Fuentes, all the right-wing gatekeepers. And the further right ones are getting even deeper into what I'm calling Magastan. You know, the, the MAGA ban? Well, the Magastanians, who are like Fuentes and others I could name, who are openly endorsing child brides and living off the grid. Which, I'm not against living off the grid and returning to live on the farms or whatever you want to do. Do it. You know, I, I like it when people do what they believe is the right way and they lead by example. But I just think it's contrived. It's culture war BS. But it all ties into this dynamic with the Barbie feminism, trying to make every... And then toxic masculinity, of course. All masculinity is now toxic. I mean, you can't deny that there's a, a mind war, a culture war. It's all going on. But the idea that you can win it is, is kind of what I'm saying is uh, fallacious. Not through politicians. I think you can win at the level of the individual. You don't get off the grid by joining a cult or a political movement or running for the hills. Uh, and, and then you have to live in a sort of a, a survival estate. I think getting off the grid is actually philosophical. I think it's a mental break when you pull the screen off your eyes. And it's a big deal. The level of brainwashing is so immersive that nobody can see it. It's like Truman in The Truman Show. He was a fool for his entire life. Lied to gaslit, mind-controlled into adopting a false persona, didn't know who he really was. And that's pretty much where we are at collectively. And it's so pervasive, it's so ubiquitous that you can't really see it. Everybody's equally brainwashed and immersed in it. I call it the lie world order for a reason. And the, the believers at the bottom are just followers of certain narratives that they find agreeable. But these stories, these worldviews they have, these belief systems, are lies agreed upon, as history is. The media is lies agreed upon. So you find a lot of people who agree with you. doesn't mean it's true. The media is, of course, a liar. But the anti-media, rather the counter, the alt-media, it's alt-lies. They can't arrive at truth. Getting back to the hoax-aversary, 
the insights that we gleaned from that event and many others, at a minimum, it tells us that we've been under a, a spell, that we are actually being psychologically terrorized. And that is a game changer. And so-called truthers who don't take that into account aren't going to ever arrive at the right conclusions. It's the same problem we have with the flat earth and globe earth debates and why it's futile. It's futile because the people who buy the official model are thinking that the conversation is merely about geography and, and science, when no, it's actually about manipulation, emotional, mental, it's about uh, mind control exercised through mediation. And so if you don't include media, which includes movie magic, and of course, psychological manipulation, then you can't have an intellectually honest discussion on the topic. Let's see what else we have here. Now, I, some of you say you're not right, and I agree. You may not be right. You may not be in the political spectrum, but the, the way that this thing works, I'm not talking Democrat, Republican necessarily, but left and right has to do with your relationship to government. And the more married to government you are, the more attached to it you are, the more left you are. And so the way it works out is you can see it in, in how people take their positions. So left believes that government is your protector for, and, and government your, is your god. So you don't need to protect your own house. You call somebody from the government to come do it because you don't need to do it yourself when it can protect you. Why do you need a second amendment? Uh, you don't need an immune system because the government can inject one for you. You see how that works? It's like you trust the government implicitly. You have open skin, open doors. You believe in open borders. It's a porous relationship. And the other side believes in self-defense, their own immune system, bodily integrity, closed borders. So they have a very different relationship to power and to government. The needle wants to go through that border. And that's what, that's, I think the basis for anti-vax is actually it's about power, and they, they know subconsciously or consciously that this is a power grab. It's sort of like the TSA groping you. So I can understand that in principle. But again, um, so the, the further away from centralized power that you go, the more you would be, you know, quote, right. But the Republicans are no longer even right. They're all, they've, they're, it's the political horseshoe. It kind of bends back towards the center. Okay, let's see here. Skyfish says, How about Lynn Ertel and fakeologists recalling Tucker being an anti-9-11 conspiracy theorist? Oh, yeah. Well, he's very shallow on his take on conspiracies. He's like, aliens are real, and nobody's talking about that. That's about as deep as he goes. Uh, he's not a, quote, conspiracy theorist anyway. He's a fake populist. And there are many of them. And he would never go so far as to call fake fake like I don't look at these individuals as leaders I look at them to understand where the mind war is at left and right and center alright uh, discord now explicitly bans misgendering and dead naming transgender people on the platform interesting now what if somebody misgenders 
somebody who's not trans because that happens a lot it says it looks like transphobes aren't going to be spewing on discord okay that's interesting discord is going to go this direction because this is where the transvestigation topic is going to be used as an excuse to shut down a lot of servers i'm glad we kind of got past that in our server mainly because it's not falsifiable but it's interesting that discord's making these moves they're going to go genre through genre. Soon they'll ban flat earth talk or being critical of climate change theory. But look, that's how you know it's a trap. You have these ideas, and I'm not for censoring ideas. I'm for studying them, looking under every rock, finding out what you can, learning and moving on if there's nothing there, or digging deeper if there is. So I'm not for censoring at all. But what happened is they took all these topics that are non-mainstream and they put them into alternative platforms. And then those alternative platforms eventually all betray the people who are there exchanging ideas. And, you know, I would really be disappointed in, if I was an anthropologist 100 years from now looking back thinking, hmm, you know, I mean, there was a stage where a large group of people thought that all of the male politicians were women and vice versa. Let's try to get into their heads. And then you'd go and you'd find that all the books had been burned. All the servers had been burned. I mean, I think it's important to have wrong answers. And to know how the wrong answers were arrived at. So you could compare them to the right answers. And re recognize, hey look, there's right and there's wrong. But what they do, and this is by design, they get rid of the wrong answers. So you only have the right answers. Which means you don't need to critically think. You don't need to know why it's right. Other than it was served to you by Big Brother, therefore it's right. So they get rid of individual discernment and discrimination. They want to get rid of individual choice. I call it mind aids. They get rid of your mental immune system and you just catch whatever mind virus they send in your direction. By the way, Infinite Plane Radio is mind war inoculation. I don't think there's anyone who has been a part of this for any length of time that ever overreacts to anything in the news. I mean, my reaction when there's a mass shooting or a bombing or some kind of major development, it's more like, for me, it's like it's like a new movie comes out in a series that I like or a new Netflix. It's like, I, I have to say, it's, it's, it's not boring for me. It's entertaining. And is it bad? No. You know, I, I love the process of learning and, and coming to a greater understanding of how things work. And I'm willing to be proven wrong. You know, please prove me wrong. I told Timmy Osman this. He had called in and he said, what are you going to do if you find out that the earth is a ball? You know, are you going to be, you know, are you going to be ashamed? Are you going to, you know, basically are you going to go run and hide? And I'm like, no, I would be very curious to learn how it all worked. I would have to reverse engineer it. That's what I would do. Uh, Joe Fior says, what do you think about Tartaria? I haven't heard you speak on that topic. It's interesting, but easily fake. Yeah, it's very interesting. The mud flood concept, or a flood, periodic resets. I think there may be something to it. I, I think there's something to the idea of periodic resets in order to maintain a knowledge disparity between the elite and the masses. And right now, and this was something talked about by Joseph Atwell on Fakeologist, we're going through what he, he considers to be, we're being regressed. He calls it an archaic revival. 
like it's a mental mud flood where the con the story of the mud flood is what I think is probably part of their MO like, like revolution and revolution with the purpose of of course destroying upward mobility destroying leveling the playing field but the people in control of it always maintain their elevated position and right now we're going through a mental mud flood a liquefaction of reality what they would call active measures from um, the perspective of Russian intelligence because it's, it's an operation where I'm here speaking the truth the absolute truth hey guess what good news nobody died at this or that tragic event that you probably thought was real like that's just true fill in the blank it's true but it's not gonna matter to anybody because they don't have a context in which that makes sense that's how deep we are in mal mist and disinformation by design that's how deep the flood is the mental mud flood now is there gonna be a a real mud uh, when when the story first came about this idea it was the first time I heard reset someone said hey have you heard about this reset that a few hundred years ago there was some global catastrophe and everything burned down was flooded out and it was repopulated and history was scrubbed and rewritten and the first time I heard it I thought you know that's got to be preposterous but then knowing how much they control the news right now if something was done on that level when media was even more consolidated it would be so easy to bury the past so I, I think the idea of the mud flood is more like a metaphor like we do have layers of buried history buried histories but it's not literal levels in the dirt that you could dig and uncover the past but it's but I don't know I mean there, there's there's some other fascinating things to this like I was watching this series called I think it was Chronicles of Shannara based on a series of Terry Brooks fantasy novels and there's this new one where it takes place in the future but it looks like Lord of the Rings you got trolls you got orcs elves and they're in this lush forest but it turns out one of them falls through the ground another one follows him and they end up in a 20th century ballroom so they're in the future after we have destroyed everything nuclear war and there's been some kind of overgrowth where the 20th century is literally below the ground there's even kind of a little joke in there because one of the characters sees a image of man on the moon and they laugh and say that never happened but the idea here is that if there was some kind of technology by which they could flood everything and literally bury us and build on top would they and if so if it's been done many times yeah that's kind of a well I mean, look again it's consistent it's on brand Noah's flood or Noah's ark and the flood global warming flood and what if there is something to it what if there are periodic catastrophes and they're getting ahead of it so they can blame Republicans regulate us let's see what else we have here and now look there there is more to it the mud flood topic because it points out certain things that seem to be indicative of a global catastrophe it's just not all that implausible in my view as far as basement windows being proof of a recent flood that could be misdirection but I, I like the area of research I like how the people who are into it are really immersed in architecture and but the, it's, it's just the point of it is they lose me when they leap to 
explanations for things that they don't have, like arguments from ignorance, arguments from incredulity, and the insertion of what's tantamount to magic. That's where I kind of stray. But the reset thing, however they do it, is real. We're living through one now. And it's both sides. you got great reset, great awakening. And we're also living through this new age, I guess, procession of the equinox is what determines this. But, you know, we talk about the scripting of the news on the micro level, the microcosm, your local news, the everyday news, the 24-hour news cycle. But on the macro, the news bent level, it's decades. But even bigger than that, if you look at the mystery schools, the cults, and who runs this place on this astrological clock, they're planning things at the level of aeons, what they call them. Um, so we're talking about the meta story is quite literally told in the stars. And that's what it means when I say we're entering, we're in the age of Aquarius, the water bearer, the dumping of the water. And it is explained to me that the water symbolizes information. We're in the information age. And I think that the information age sounds like a good thing, but the way that it's being contaminated and manipulated if anything, it is the mental mud flood. This is the reset. The HBIC says, Have you watched the series Murder at the End of the World on Hulu? Climate change, smart cities, pretty good so far. Haven't seen it, I'll check it out. And if you find the mud flood topic interesting, you have to see at least the first few episodes of the 100. Because one of the threads with the whole mud flood topic is that when everything is wiped out, you still have some of the old infrastructure, but they need to relabel it. So the idea would be like some of these buildings we see, like the Empire State Building, were actually from a previous civilization. They just put new signage up. But that the repopulation is done by children who are brought in by train. Orphans. Orphan trains. Well, if you look at the movie The 100, it's about a post-nuke apocalypse Earth where everybody's dead because the AI god or the AI government decided that we were a nuisance, that we had to be depopulated because Gaia wanted, a, uh, wanted to reduce our population, but that the repopulation was being done from space arcs. So you have these space arcs full of babies grow up when they're 18, they go down to the earth, so like orphan trains, and they reboot everything, but this time they're not going to have all the technology that brought them down in the first place. So one other final point on this topic is that, if true, then the people that run the place, the power elite, would be centuries ahead of us in technology, and they're just playing with us. Just like the movie The Village and The Elders, who know about the 20th century, who know about cars and planes and modern medicine and modern technology for, for communication. They know about the internet. They're modern. But their children are living in the, in the 18th century, in a little commune, and they believe there's monsters in the woods and they can't leave. So I'm thinking elders in the village would represent our elite. And we are the ignorant children in the village who are told that you can't go beyond this boundary. And the boundary is mental. I mean, maybe it's physical too. If there's any truth to the idea that they've lied about everything, including the shape or how many land masses, who knows what. But they're not allowed to leave their village, and we're not allowed to leave our mental, internalized representation of the world, which is the village. This is why they're getting into thought crimes, mind viruses. Uh, this is why they're about to shut down the internet and implement some online version 
of a lockdown. And the argument is people are catching mind viruses and popping off, getting violent. In fact, you know what's interesting is the guy who's directing the the guy who directed Civil War directed 28 Days Later. 28 Days Later is about a rage virus. And the shooter, Robert Card, who shot up the bowling alley and a couple other locations in Maine a couple months ago, um, this was someone who was radicalized on Twitter in a bubble. He caught a rage virus. Okay, let's see. I'm going to continue through my comments. Violet pointed out something here. Copenhagen, Berlin, December 14th from Reuters. Seven people, including four suspected Hamas members, were arrested in Denmark, Germany, and the Netherlands on suspicion of planning attacks on Jewish institutions in Europe, authorities in three countries said on Thursday. Now, this all must tie in, I think, to disease X. And what I call disease X is the mind virus, the rage virus, the hate virus that is being spread through disease X. People are catching it and then they're reacting. And ever since Musk took over Twitter and turned it to X, we have seen an uptick on all this stuff. In fact, I think they said there was like a 9,000% increase in Pizzagate commentary because he said something about Pizzagate. But they're going to be able to point to Musk, to Ye, and to Alex Jones, to Andrew Tate. They're going to point to them and say, you cause whatever the next thing that happens that they use as a pretext for censoring everything. And I think it's going to be hate and racism domestic violent extremists, some Timothy McVeigh is going to do something because of the internet. So even though it's a, a, a political group destroying infrastructure for terroristic reasons, they're going to blame free speech. It wouldn't have happened if we had free speech. It's like that movie Equilibrium with, with uh, Christian Bale, where they recognize that emotions... Extreme emotions are pretty much the cause of everything, including world wars, so they have to get rid of culture and art. Mike Rothschild tweeted this, The elite authoritarians who want to take power and crush their enemies don't use predictive programming and subliminal messages to tell you their intentions. They just openly and plainly tell, tell you. Yeah, that's because Trump said he wants to be a dictator. Now, he's been really... Again, Mike Rothschild has been really critical of predictive programming. He's been really mocking the idea. But I think the reason why is he thinks that, like most truthers do, that it's a way of hinting that they're going to do something. Like you could act, you could say, hey, this is a, almost like the villain, the bad guy, telling his evil plans in advance, and he might be able to stop it or prevent it or find evidence that there actually is some buildup towards this thing that's being hinted at in the movies. And that is not the case. Again, just to make it clear, the predictive programming is conditioning for fake news later. And they use this so you think the psyops are real because they're not going to be real. They're not predicting real events. So the Civil War movie, which is being talked about by many of these big influencers who are breaking down the Obama movie, Leave the World Behind, they're looking at Civil War as a follow-up. And I can see why. But Civil War, which comes out this spring, 
which means that if there is one, it won't happen until after the spring, because you don't have predictive programming for stuff that happens after the fact. That's why when I saw Oppenheimer was scheduled for the summer, I was like, oh, okay, we're not going to get nuked in 2023. But anyway, he directed, it's Alex Garland, he directed 28 Days Later, about a rage virus spread through the blood or saliva, highly contagious to the point where one drop is enough to infect a host. So in this case, it's one meme, one tweet, one unit of banned cultural information could be contagious and turn you into a, well, a mass shooter. Now this might be a bit of a tangent here. We'll get back into this. Just too many of these characters, like this one, Jack Posebeck. This is predictive programming. Look, there's no way these individuals can use that term accurately. They're misusing it on purpose, and it's concerted. I actually think it's targeting this. I think they realize, hey, there are people who are following it through to its logical conclusions, and they're escaping we got to take the term predictive programming out of their hands and attach it to more paranoia. Get them buying ammunition. Don't get them, don't let them think that they can sit back and have more popcorn. Because they're selling paranoia. That is their objective. Uh, Wayfair's also made a comeback. And I've been telling people that I'm a grown-up Wayfair child. My parents adopted me when they bought a filing cabinet from Wayfair and found me inside. I was lucky I was sent to good people and not, you know, adrenochrome junkies. Okay, here we go. Mr. Oxbig did something that I think is great. I like doing this stuff. He made a, a video of an ISS crossing the moon. And 100% of the people he's shown it to have said it was real. This is fantastic because it shows what we've been talking about here, the level of visual illiteracy credulity. The fact that the people who are believers in outer space are believers in outer space. They're not knowers in this stuff. It's like a religious cult. So he shows them this video of the ISS crossing the moon. Now, does it look real? Well, it doesn't look any faker than what NASA shows us. If your standard of evidence is, it's on the screen, therefore it's real, then it's real, I guess. Now, the way he did it is interesting. He talked about it. He actually did a time-lapse of the moon going across the sky and had a stationary outline of the ISS. But it, my point of it is, it has fooled everybody. Like, well, no kidding. These are the same people who thought that the slice of salami was a star 4.2 trillion light-years away. He said, I sped up a video of the moon I shot with a static PNG ISS sticker slapped on it. it took me less than one minute and zero dollars. And then he brings up others. This is great. This is where we need to go. I don't think you can have an intellectually honest debate about NASA or the shape of the world or any of this stuff unless you account for special effects, animation, green screen. In other words, cinematic fakery. There's so many great examples that are just popping up. This is great. And it goes back decades. You could look at this thing as a 25-year blooper reel. Scientist apologizes for photo of sausage that he claimed was a star. 
And Mike Oxbig said accurately, they will believe anything presented from an authority figure that tells them it's real. Why? They do not think for themselves. And they don't. Look, this is the thing. There are selective times where people switch off and don't think for themselves. They outsource. One of the best examples in recent uh, years has been when Mark Cuban, billionaire, was openly crying about blue checks that anybody could buy. He's like, oh, the poor people, the peasants can buy blue checks? How do I know who to follow now? He's lost. No blue check. If you're a skeptic, you have your own blue check. It's internalized. Paulie says, I think they repopulated the world after the last reset with Wayfair kids. Yep, the AI orders a bunch of them. Oh, that's a good point. Tominoid3 says, in the movie 28 Days Later, they enraged the monkeys by making them watch the news. So there's some irony in that, that the monkeys are watching the news of human beings because it's a window to the world. And the monkeys are like, transfixed by how violent and terrible we are and they become violent like wait the news is fake we're not that violent it's not really a mirror it's a funhouse mirror it's a lie to make you hate yourself to, to commit you to this ideology of self self-loathing and really humanity canceling itself uh, environmentalism now you have a carbon footprint an original sin and you'll never make up for it you're a walking tumor on the body of gaia you should feel bad. Like That's kind of the underlying messaging. But the irony of it is that you do have news media, news articles, where they have actually admitted in many places that watching a lot of traumatic news is bad for your mental health. That you can actually experience some negative psychological ramifications for absorbing yourself in the news. But the thing is, it's only if you believe it's real. If you think you're looking through a window. If you don't think it's real, just like when you're watching movies, you don't have the same response to it. You don't feel the same stress reaction. So that alone means you could argue that mass media is psychologically abusing people. And I would say it is. In fact, I think this is a very specific way you could describe the method by which mass media emotionally and psychologically abuses people. Gaslighting is a huge part of it. And, and gaslighting ultimately creates apathy. It erodes the person's ability to decide if something is real or not because they just go with whatever they're told from their authority figure. But I think it's somewhat interesting, though, that the fake news is actually causing trauma as though it were real. Sort of like how after a fake shooting, no real blood, no real tears. But then the next day you have a candlelight vigil, a bunch of people crying, then you have the Red Cross taking blood. So you get real blood, real tears out of a fake event. Well, as a real blood sacrifice. You really got something out of it. The, the, the mass media is also a vampire, if you haven't noticed. A literal vampire. A blood-sucking vampire. But, again, we're kind of just um, in the big picture what I'm saying here is that the masses are have, they're in a state of constant emotional dysregulation by design. I call it the 24-hour news cycle of abuse on purpose because as long as you're plugged into it you're gonna always be in reaction mode always reacting 
if whether you're angry because you've been provoked or you're scared or you're paranoid because you've been terrorized it's always that up and down up and down and you get addicted to it and people do get addicted to toxic relationships for the same thing the same reason i would say that the mass media is a drug i call the red pill community red pill the red pill addicts i, I suggest a lot of them are actually mentanol addicts at this point mentanol laced red pills but there is this relationship between drug dealer and addict when it comes to media look at doom scrolling or hope scrolling doom scrolling and hope scrolling are the same thing you know doom scrolling is just this constant doom 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 and on the other end you have people who are like the JFK crowd looking for hits of hopium All right, let's see what else we have here. Lean Dion says, MSM are the terrorists. Yeah, absolutely. And let's say, for example, that one of these copycat shootings was real. You could argue that they were radicalized by the mainstream media with their propaganda. So it's like the agitprop creating a real killing. Who's got blood on their hands? And yeah, you could, you could make the case that the mainstream media is a terrorist because they're implementing the terror of gods, a weaponized superstition. We're, we're in a very superstitious age. And this is why I am so outspoken against a lot of fear porn. Skyphobia. If you're scared of the sky, there's a, in my view, there's a lack of objectivity. It's a superstition. Like, there's no dragons at the edge of the world. Uh, there's no reason to think that the sky is going to fall. I was always against that. The doom sayers. I, I met one at one of these conferences I went to, and uh, he said to me, I believe we're in the end times, do you? I'm like, well, no, I escaped that. I escaped it with climate change. I recognize that just as they want to constrain you geographically, whatever the shape of this place or the, the size of it, they are acclimating people to lockdown culture, smart cities. So they're, they're reducing the size of the world, your space, but they're also reducing time. They want you in the end times. And it's never going to end. None of the end times prophecies ever come true. The aliens aren't coming, I'm sorry. The best you're going to get is a paper mache alien. A paper mache model. It doesn't end because they always need you um, basically in a state of expectation and dread. Like their fist is raised. They don't have to necessarily do anything. And there's a lot of truthers out there who think it's going to get real. It's going to go down. You shouldn't relax. And like that's the whole point of the programming. To have you in reaction mode. To have you frantic. Stocking up on storable food items. So insecure you're ready to eat your neighbors after six weeks of lockdown. Lean Dion says, Tucker's media company logo is a red pill design. That's fine. They can have the red pills. The red pill manufacturer is the same manufacturer that gives us the blue pills. The difference is the red pill's harder stuff. Puts you into a nightmare if the dream doesn't contain you. If you're taking pills, you're still part of that dynamic of the believer and the priest. And that's the dynamic that I'm working hard to break here. Self-mediation. No need to outsource it. And yep, TCN, it's a red pill. 
Who knows, maybe eventually he'll talk about chemtrails. The HBIC says cortisol producing stress is unhealthy. That's what they want, more patients. Yeah, absolutely. And what we're doing has a long history. Because apparently things have always been the exact same. And the original skeptics, the original form of skepticism introduced by um, uh, Piro was, was about suspending judgment for the purpose of avoiding needless emotional entanglements and things that don't matter. And the end result would be what they call ataraxia. Ancient Greeks referred to this as unperturbedness, tranquility, a lucid state of equanimity characterized by ongoing freedom from distress and worry. Peace of mind, a state of serene calmness, untroubled by emotional disquiet, unterrorized, untriggerable. Who wouldn't want that? And you get that by unplugging from the 24-7 news cycle, and I don't mean putting your head in the sand. I don't mean tuning out. What we're doing is tuning in at a much deeper level. We're just not plugged in to the point where we're triggered. We have that distance, that objective distance, which doesn't exist outside of this. But this is the result of a stable philosophical posture. You see, you have some people who are selectively skeptics. They, they're like, yeah, I question 9-11. I question JFK. Okay, well, you're not a skeptic if you do it once in a while. Uh, the skepticism I'm speaking of is a permanent philosophical posture. You, you can look at it as um, socially distancing yourself from the screen or suspending judgment, giving yourself time before you believe. Because when you wait then you don't have the fight-or-flight response. They're not actually triggering you. It's, it's gray-rocking is a term I've heard when you're dealing with people who are um, deliberately trying to get reactions out of people, dramatic-type people, uh, histrionics. One technique for getting them to cease to try to get any sort of reaction out of you is to just not react. With, and, and this technique of not reacting in this impassiveness, it is, I think, um, a way of inoculating yourself against a few things. One, emotionally entangling yourself in a narrative that may not be based on facts, and you might realize later that you fell for something that wasn't true. Uh, look at the people who overreacted to 10-7. Like I had said then, there was nobody in the world who wanted 40 dead babies to be real. They wanted a pile of dead babies that they could grandstand upon uh, than Ben Shapiro. And when that story was questioned, it kind of took the weight of it out of it, the atrocity out of it. Then you find out, oh, that was on the 33rd anniversary of the incubator baby hoax. So we had no reason to overreact to this horrible, atrocious story that had a lot of people in a tizzy. And not to mention, the people who didn't overreact were attacked by the people who did react for their underreaction. But all around, it's people reacting and reacting and reacting. To what? To something fake? Fake dead kids' lives don't matter. The HBIC says gray rocking is a great technique to use with narcissistic personality types. Yeah, and that would be any type of 
even people who are just really drunk or belligerent, but yes, definitely people who are disordered in some way who are attempting to elicit a response through emotional manipulation, uh, being in that gray rock state is what I'm saying is relevant with media because the media uses all of the same emotional manipulative techniques that emotional abusers use. And it's by design. Like, I would argue that Big Brother is a narcissist. I released an ebook last month called uh, Mass Media as Narcissistic Construct because I think it goes a long way to explaining how it's used to exercise authority. It's all about the dynamic of the authority, the one-way communication, very Kafka-esque, and then those who are listening. It's a power dynamic that they established where when you're staring at the screen, you're at, whether you're watching a game show, sports, or the news, you are giving Big Brother your attention and you're falling in line with a certain dynamic. If you think it's all an accurate reflection of the world, if you're entering into its world, if you're conforming to the massified mind. And note too, how are those who don't looked at, how are they looked at by mass media believers, conspiracy theorists, haters, racists. They have all kinds of things they can throw at you if you don't conform, which is typical of religions. You're a non-believer. In fact, that's what I specifically say. Here, we are fomenting a culture of disbelief. And this is seen as a worrying trend and development by many in media. Like, oh, they're not believing us. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather know what's true then believe what you tell me is true because you're a liar. Like, why would I just blindly believe what you say? But the idea that we're not believers is what they find problematic. So this mental immunity project emerges, and I learned of them from a left-leaning podcast I heard on The Daily Beast, and they were saying, yeah, we're trying to educate people so they know what to believe. So it's not how to know what's real and fake, how to discern a logical fallacy, a lie, how not to be manipulated. No, they're not talking about how to teach people to be media literate. They're teaching people how to avoid the information they don't want them to believe. Because they don't want you exercising critical thinking. They don't want you to have your own mental immune system. The fact that they call it the Mental Immunity Project is a joke, and I think it's an attempt to co-opt what we use here to describe what we're actually doing. As I said before, the MSM is all about giving people mind, uh, a compromised mental immune system, maids. And what's dangerous from their perspective about what we're doing is if you were to read the World Stage Deprogramming Guide or Autohoxology 101, you wouldn't need to constantly listen to Infinite Plane Radio in order to process that information and from then on not be impacted by any fake news or propaganda or agitprop. You don't need, you wouldn't need it because this is not a pill. This is not a source that is telling you what is real every step of the way. No, in fact, it's, it's a methodology. Again, it's, it's really a framework, a, a philosophical framework for not swallowing every single loaded question, every uh, faulty premise. 737 says, I came here for the lulls, and now my kids sing Chief Crow. 
Yeah, we have so many great musicians and artists who have um, been a part of this think tank from the beginning. And it's going to be great. I think 2024 is going to be fantastic for all aspects of it. So, for example, I spent a good part of today working on the first issue of the IPS Insider. And it's a full tabloid, which I'll sell to the store and have it distributed through Amazon. But we are going to be distributing a free version of it. And the free version will be truncated, it'll be cheap, it'll be easy to disseminate, and it's going to be through my, my network of uh, reporters. But one of the features is reviews of music or links to songs that we play here, interviews with the musicians, but with QR codes, so people who read the tabloid can download the content, whether it's a song, a podcast, or a PDF, or art. So it's going to be reciprocal, both paper and digital simultaneously existing in the meatverse and metaverse. Jennifer Reeve says, my YouTube picked Chief Crow as album of the year. Well, I'm looking forward to the publication because there are so many great, again, musicians and artists who um, deserve to be platformed. And that's one of the things about this thing, too. You throw away newspapers at the end of the day because it's no longer relevant. You know, it's disposable. Uh, what we're doing isn't disposable. It's not tied to their timeline. And you'd be able to pick up an old issue, you know, looking into the future, and you would be able to still download all these links, these songs and these links. Like, it's going to be a living, breathing tabloid very soon. What I call the sheets from Men in Black, when... Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones are walking down the street and Jones's character says to him, uh, we get our information from the, the hot sheets and he brings out a tabloid and Will Smith's incredulous. He's like, you get your news from the tabloids. And he's like, yeah, this is where... And the thing of it is, that's really how it's going to work. The IPS Insider may be a tabloid, but if you actually want to know what's going on and it will look tabloid to people who don't know, it will be the newspaper of record for any truly objective media deconstructionist, auto-hoaxer, or fakeologist. Alright, this has been great. I appreciate all of the comments. We'll be live tomorrow for the IPS Morning D program. Uh, this morning we skipped, but I had to do some lawfare. This, this lawsuit is in, again, in their jurisdiction, in their right venue, suing Google suing YouTube for six years of infringement and worse, and for their collaboration, wittingly or not, with our channel enemy. Well, they, they messaged me today, and they said I had to make a few changes. I had to combine the PDFs, and I had to change the case to... It's more complex, but I had to make a couple of changes, but other than that, everything's good. So just a confirmation. So very soon, we'll have some updates, and we'll work on getting... Uh, YouTube, Google, and the other person served, which I don't think is going to be very difficult. But that's just one of the many things that's going to be happening in 2024 that I'm looking forward to. And all of you who have been awaiting books, I appreciate your patience. Originally, I held it back because out of the blue, we had a documentary crew out of Scandinavia who work for uh, their equivalent of USA Today. They were doing a documentary on conspiracy theorists and they're traveling across America, and they wanted to talk to people who knew something about Flat Earth, and I uh, had them here at the headquarters, 
showed him around town. We spoke for a few hours, spent the whole day together. That's going to come out very soon. And I don't know what the result's going to be. Um, I know it's obviously going to turn me into a pariah. I don't expect the reactions to be positive, but that wasn't the point anyway. Never was the point. It was really to be an advertisement because one of the things that they focused on in the office was the publishing wing of the IPS, including the textbook Autohoxology and our tabloids. So I looked at that as an opportunity to advertise. And again, that's going to be, I don't have any inside information as to when it's going to be released, but I think it's going to likely be at the beginning of the year. Okay, this is Chief Crow. Space is fake AF. I think we covered a lot of stuff. I didn't get to one other thing. Somebody decapitated the statue of Satan. Here we go. And look, this is an example of how the right wing has fallen. They are no longer for free speech or free expression. They're the only ones who are, and they have reasons. They're being provoked with you know groomer stuff, satanic stuff. They're being triggered into betraying their own values. Because we have laws against obscenity. We have laws in place. But you have, like this for example, this is such a great example of how they are being led into shooting themselves in the feet. It says here, here's a picture of it. So there was an altar that was set up at the state house. It had, I think it was a ram's head. But yes, a Christian, I think he was even a veteran. A fellow Christian and former military officer tore down and beheaded the Satan altar at the Iowa Capitol. Yeah, he took the head off of it. Satanic altar at the Iowa State Capitol has Republicans seething. Satanic temple now reports vandalism of its display in the Iowa Capitol. Destroyed beyond repair. So it's like a metallic looking goat head. And it says here that their statue depicting the pagan idol Baphomet has been destroyed. This morning we were informed by authorities that the Baphomet statue in our holiday display was destroyed beyond repair. Didn't take very much. Kind of like the Georgia Guidestones took a cherry bomb. I think they're overreacting. I think you could make something even better than this. It looked like some cheap Halloween store decoration. Despite the destruction of their Baphomet, the Satanic Temple has maintained their display. It still has a small altar with the seven tenets of Satanism. We're proud to continue our holiday display for the next few days that have been allotted. Yeah, it's worth remarking here that the Temple of Satan doesn't actually worship Satan. It's literally a leftist thing. It's a leftist provocation, and they fell for it. All right, thanks for joining. I have to go back to the 24-7. This is Space is Fake, and we'll be back tomorrow morning. As you can see the stars. Oh, yeah. You know, and, uh, we were never able to see stars from the lunar surface or on the daylight side of the moon. It's not black and white. I mean, it's black, but there's all kinds of polka dots. Fake AF.
stars, you can see planets, you can see moons, you see, you see the gas. The, the Right. To assume yeah. it's real was a philosophical.